0: The Space Case Sarah Show with Space Nerds Kovey and Benjamin. Who is Space Case Sarah?
1: Spunky, edgy, smart, funny, and a rebel feminist. Yay!
0: Now witness it yourself on iRock Space Radio.
1: Hello, space enthusiasts! Welcome to another episode of the Space Case Sarah Show with the Space Nerds Kavi and Benjamin here on iRock Space Radio. Uh, before we even get into conversation, I would like to just throw out the handles and get the formalities out of the way. I am Space K Sarah. You can find me on all the social media platforms. You have Kavi of Fun Fact Science on all the time wasters, as he would say. And Benjamin of Science Actually Actually Science. Please go find us. Follow us. We apparently like to uh, be controversial just by, you know, sharing posts. Um, and uh, By existing. By existing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Please go find us.
1: <laughs> you, you, did you get any death threats? <laughs> no, I didn't
0: get Not this week. Not this yeah, week.
1: Not uh, that. Too bad. Um, but I, I uh, before, because I have this tendency to start this show and then I just like launch into it and then suddenly we're talking and I'm like, oh no, I didn't do like that whole like go to irockspaceradio.com kind of nonsense. So there we go. I said it. Um, we are... Uh, pre-apologizing, um, Kavi thinks he might have COVID. He's not sure, which would be a bummer.
0: <laughs> Please listen with black, a mask on.
1: Black lungs pop. <laughs> and uh, I threw out my neck, which has been fun the past couple of days. Benjamin, I think you're, you're faring fine. I'm doing great. Yeah. <laughs> Kavi's wearing his mask now, so we are virtually um, protected. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we have a I, I don't know what element we're on. We have an episode lined up for you. It's going to highlight
2: Potassium. It's the best element. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <gasps> the best element. Well, you the need best. to take it away um because I we have like good stuff in the news to talk about and apparently we have the best element to talk about. I mean, I am a fan of Table salt, you know, NaCl. <laughs> but tell me why potassium <laughs> alone is the best element. Tell me why.
2: I mean, there's, there's some cool stuff with potassium, um, which gets its name from potash because it used to be um, kind of derived from taking the ash from trees and grinding it up in a pot. Um, super, super important for a bunch of different uses, uh, especially for uh, fertilization. Um, its derivatives are also used for gunpowder and and a bunch of cool stuff but the coolest thing that i've found um, and that relates to my kind of darth vader breathing (laughs) impression just before is the fact that potassium um, when combined with o2 makes uh, what's called potassium superoxide which is basically a solid form of potassium and oxygen that is used on space missions and Scuba diving, and in rebreather masks, and also in submarines, and so it's basically like this solid thing that can release oxygen and also clean the air of carbon dioxide.
1: Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, that does make it the best ever. In addition to also combining with the chlorine, chloride, chlorine, steel being
0: chlorine. used on submarines, kind of just. <sighs> rounds up to the make my favorite that was awesome actually <laughs> so let's just stop <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was gonna say uh to make my favorite seasoning for white people ever salt um <laughs>
2: the, uh, i thought that was and, mayonnaise and, uh, see,
1: that i was tooth, gonna say mayonnaise. <laughs> i don't like mayonnaise actually um, with you, yeah bed- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm such a whip with spice. Uh, what what, uh, what happened on this day in history?
0: Or when it's coming here? This should be December 24th if it goes on. Uh, so that. Mer- Merry Christmas. Merry Eve.
1: Christmas Eve. Uh,
0: it is cosmonaut Oleg Skripochka's birthday, Ooh. who is one of the record holders for almost having the most days in space 536. Not Dang. consecutive, but total. And. Happy scientist birthday to James Prescott Joule, English physicist who established various forms of energy. And uh, could, this is a good segue into what happened with the announcement. Yeah, it's a fusion, great segue. We uh, <laughs> so formed the basis yeah. for the laws of conservation of energy and the first laws of thermodynamics. And so good on him. And mm. tomorrow... If you guys are not listening to our show, it's Christmas and that's going to be Isaac Newton's birthday. <gasps> so big shout out to that, dude. Woo! <laughs> but
1: We're fans. Yeah, That's awesome. I actually yeah. did not know that Isaac Newton's birthday was on the 25th of December. I guess I mm-hmm. never really paid attention to that. But now that you say it, I'm like, maybe I have heard that once or twice. Yeah, uh, that was a, a, a pretty solid segue into a pretty big headline that came out today I guess we can start with that one we uh, there's a few things in the news that I wanted to talk about and I think that we can fill pretty much an entire show on each three of these kind of topics because we um first had the uh, the return of Orion uh which happily was successful and so that I think was a big win for the Artemis program (laughs) because it needed that um We had, the other day, the announcement of the Dear Moon finalists, which I believe we were recording when we actually first talked about it um, a couple of episodes, or, well, days ago, so, like, a couple of episodes that aired air to go. Time is just a construct. Um, And then we... (laughs) (laughs) Wibbly-wobbly, (laughs) timey-wimey. Mirror. All I had today, the announcement from the, you know, uh, U.S. government energy office, essentially, um, that nuclear fusion has uh, has been achieved to be able to the amount of input of energy is less than the amount of the output energy that happened within the reactor so there are some caveats to this announcement but it is an exciting announcement and so joules and that actually was one of the me- uh, it was like mega joules or something like that like it's a mm-hmm. it's a very big number of what went in um, that they they put they, Aim some lasers at something that's the size of a peppercorn. That's the what. That's the big thing I took away from that. And mm-hmm. a, a little bit more was uh, came out from that reaction, which is very exciting and something that is almost of science fiction. To be honest, um, it was basically determined that it might not ever be possible. And I guess this was the 192nd time that they performed this experiment, and it finally achieved the result that they were hoping for. And so, um, and uh, the reason that at the very beginning of the episode, I said, like, we get a lot of hate. I posted something positive about it. I'm getting a lot of like heat or not heat, but a, a lot of discourse in the, in the conversation. <laughs> <a> negative energy. <laughs> yeah. That's what the negative energy um, went. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, and, and, I, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not the first one that says like, Oh, we've done it. We, we've, we've fixed climate change. Um, it's just, it's a very exciting first step and that's kind of what I was trying to emphasize was that this is a big first step in a direction that has been before said not possible. And so, um, I guess our, our resident physicist here would be the one to consult the most on, you know, what What were your takeaways? You woke up to this firestorm of, of media and I'm sure you had some suspicions because I know that it was leaked beforehand, but.
2: I mean, the firestorm was intense. I woke up, there were media trucks outside my house, <laughs> everywhere. You were held
1: directly responsible for yeah. interpret this for us. <laughs>
2: um so i'm not a nuclear physicist but i will do my best to to try to explain it um but yeah as you were saying sarah um basically something the size of a peppercorn is kind of like a tiny containment unit contains a little bit of hydrogen right the most fundamental element and nuclear fusion um, as it sounds like uh, is basically the act of fusing together um light elements to create heavy elements And when you do that, you can do it in such a way that besides, you know, converting hydrogen into helium, as was the case with uh, this experiment, there's also a bit of energy that's produced along the way. Um, And so, yeah, what actually happened here was for the first time, the energy that was produced um, was more than the energy that was required to kind of, as you were saying, you know, these kind of lasers had to apply pressure and energy Mm -hmm. and heat onto this tiny peppercorn-sized thing uh, in order to get the uh, tiny atoms to fuse together and so it's a huge deal i mean what's wild to me is the fact that this is what's happening in our sun at its core and in most stars Mm -hmm. out there all the time for billions of Mm -hmm. years and it's kind of like been this um holy grail of physics for quite some time now probably for like you know better part of the last century and now we've finally done it and it's really cool as you were saying it has incredible implications for climate change and sustainable energy um that basically like hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe and we if we can perfect this process and actually make it sustainable long term and you know increase how much more energy is produced compared to how much energy is required um we can move off fossil fuels we can you know just be better and more efficient as a civilization uh, without yeah. Positive energy and no more yes. negative.
1: Energy. <laughs> yes. Well, um, I mean, the, the implications, the, the the potential is just huge. It it we could actually provide energy to the entire world, and we can not, you know, uh, and and reverse climate change. And think of the influence this could have on the space industry. That was the first thing I thought of. I mean, we already send the rovers up with nuclear reactors. Mm-hmm. So imagine how we could run space stations off of this in the future. I mean, the the potential is just massive. And um, the pushback that I'm, I'm the spicy comments, if you will, I'm getting is like people are like, well, the energy that it took to fire the lasers and bleep, bleep, it, doesn't, it doesn't equate out. It, I kind of feel like it's that meme where it's like you and the point and it goes whew, like sailing over their head where I'm like, that wasn't.
2: <laughs> Missing the point.
1: <sighs> so my, my intelligent retort that I'm doing back to them is I'm just using quotes from people who naysayed things that we can't imagine our lives without today, like airplanes and cars. And um I'm I'm sure I will have to find some more at this point because I keep getting some pushback. But um the 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 one I just shared was about how somebody was in um in retort to cars becoming a thing, they were like, well, there's, there's not enough gasoline available for, you know, automobiles to become a thing for everyone. Like there's just, it's just not there. And so, you know, I, I hate to say it, but like add a little bit of profit and the drive to, you know, the necessity of invention, boy, can we humans get stuff done. And so Mm -hmm. the, the potential to this, even though the technology is not there right now, I can see the the drive for innovation um, really coming into play here, I think a really perfect model of that is when NASA was so crunched with their budget that they finally said, hey, how about we partner and contract private companies to do some of this for us? And it has changed the game for NASA. And so I think that that model will definitely be taken into consideration with this going forward. It's
0: I also... Like Benjamin-
1: oh. Oh, oh, you froze for a second. I thought you were going to say something. Go ahead. Oh, I thought Benjamin was going to say ah. something.
0: No. Oh, no. I, th- <laughs> I, I was looking at you guys talking to each other. No, no, no.
2: I was just, I was lost in your eyes for a moment. Um, thinking about <laughs> Thank <you>. two, two <laughs> they're big they're eyes, hazel. like nuclear fission reactors. Yes. Um, <laughs> what's, what's good, though, is that, um, you know, one of the other big criticisms that nuclear energy often gets is, this kind of like Chernobyl style, oh my God, what if the reactor, you know, terrible things happen and it run, it, you know, we, we lose the ability to control it and then it's kind of like this Frankenstein's monster, what have we created? We can't stop it. But unlike, uh, unlike <clears throat> fission, fusion requires that external uh, kind of ignition to start it up. It requires an external force to start the process and keep the process going because if you turn off the outwards pressure, then there's nothing pushing the hydrogen atoms towards one another. Um, as opposed to a fission which is you know breaking heavier elements right and then that's a
1: chain reaction that you can't stop (gasps)
2: yeah
1: you are a brilliant communicator i love this thank you you. no that like i because i had a comment that i didn't know how to address but they were like they were they were you know taking risk into their own hands and part of me wanted to be like Mm -hmm. wasn't that no different than than the risk of fission reactions but that is a Amazing point. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, that was my first big topic. I mean, like, I feel like I'm like, I'm done. Like, great. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. Um, yeah, this, this, uh, this will definitely, I actually, I was kind of running up to the wire to start recording today, but I briefly tried to explain what happened to my kids today using actually some, um, space patches (laughs) that I have. And I was explaining how, atoms come together to make molecules. And sometimes we rip those apart. And I said, but today we put them together or well, not today, but you know, they told us that they put them together and it mm-hmm. actually makes a lot of energy. And it's so funny. My daughter, my daughter is like, um, they're like, well, climate change. Yeah. We, we hear about it. And that's what JoyDee's is studying the the ship I'm sailing on. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, but you know, like I filled up the car today and like that, the, the emissions, you know, when I use the car, it adds to climate change. And like a little light bulb went off and Addy goes well school buses don't do that right and i was like oh school buses do that a lot my dear mm-hmm. <laughs> you know oh, boy, like boy. <laughs> you know i think the 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 wheelhouse was starting to spin where they were like oh you know and i you know it's just it's um it's kind of an exciting time especially for my children probably more than for us but more for them so
0: i could see you talking to the school bus driver the next time <laughs> You're destroying the world. I'll take you to school.
1: <laughs> but I mean, you know, there's there there's obviously a balance because there's that's a, a lot of kids getting into one bus as a pa- opposed to each individual parent driving. I mean, numbers, whatever. Probably. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But numbers, anyway, whatever. we're gonna yeah. we're gonna take a break. When we get back, we have more spacey related stuff, not nuclear stuff to talk about. Uh, very exciting stuff, and kind of in the lines with. You know there are some things to be to to discuss and to think about with these topics, but I think they are really exciting things in the space world that we should talk about. So I don't really think that there's a theme to this episode other than there's been a lot of news. It's kind of cool, and I wanted to talk about it. So (laughs) uh, you are listening to the Space Case Air Show with the Space Nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, here on iRock Space Radio. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome back to the Space Case Sarah Show. This is the 19th oh episode. Potassium. <laughs> Thank you. Bananas. Potassium. Bananas. Um, <laughs> we're Bananas. talking Bananas. about certain news things that have cropped up today and recently. Um, and the next topic I we talked about briefly and I want to bring up again is that Orion... Has returned, mm-hmm. which is a much-needed win for the Artemis program. I think I've mentioned this to you both, but I have posters in my kids' rooms from, <laughs> like, like I don't know, like the 2001 rendition of what SLS was proposed to look like. It doesn't, mean, it's not the oh, same well. paint and stuff. Yeah, it's it's they're very old po- posters. Um, but it, it, going back to that 2001, I believe is when SLS was first pushed through Congress as a thing to get built and to follow certain rules all the way from that time. And the cruel irony of that was that they had to adhere to these rules as technology started to change throughout Mm -hmm. the development of the spacecraft. And so, you know, like they had to use shuttle rockets, which aren't, you know, like SpaceX doesn't use the same type of rockets now they use a different type of fuel and i'm not a very big rocket nerd so i can't tell you exactly but i just know that like spacex it's like they're they're less efficient in fuel but they're less prone to leaking that's all i know (laughs) right
2: well i think they use uh locks uh sorry locks Mm -hmm. locks as in not smoked salmon locks is in liquid oxygen that's like super Mm -hmm. cold um and I don't think that's what the shuttle rockets originally used.
1: No, they were hydrogen, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Right. I think so. And, and so they're super hydro-locks. prone
1: to leakiness.
0: Which we experienced uh,
2: in one of the launch delays, right? Yeah. Right.
0: Orion had a couple of launch delays because of leaky fuel. So did Apollo 11, by the way. <laughs> but they just sent someone in with a wrench, and then off they went.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the Apollo was like... Apollo mm-hmm. was like a totally different era of uh get or done too than it than right. today, right? You know, it those were it, it's it's um it's a really interesting parallel also to like like the nuclear fusion thing. It it's you know, that was a time that was driven by the Cold War and it was like we don't care what we need to do. We're mm-hmm. getting it done. Um and and it's it's that that necessity that is the mother of invention quote. It's so true though. If you it's the um on our break you were saying that, that in coding, there's a saying that like, can you code this? And you're like, Well, I don't know how to, but I, there's definitely a code how to do it. Um the uh SLS it 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 finally did what it needed to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We made it happen despite all the bureaucracy and you know the future of it though what do you guys think what do you think the future for sls and our return to the moon is going to be though do you think that that is a a sustainable system with all the competition
0: i think uh when they first planned it out it was a fantastic idea Uh, they were using a lot of technology and stuff that we've been using before but since the time they have proved it which you said back in early 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 2001 uh newcomers have come to being spacex and blue origin and the rest uh they they are working and iterating so much faster and more efficiently that mm-hmm. i think we're going to have what was once a fantastic idea it's quickly i think going to be the slowest horse in the race this is going to be sad, but they still did some incredible stuff. <laughs> and but they did uh, it in. <laughs> they, there was there were delays in launching, and they finally got it up there. And uh, we have all kinds of science to come back, uh, to study, like those dummies that were on board, see how they interacted, how they responded to the, uh, yeah, uh, uh, the stresses, uh, not just of launching, but uh, the re-entry People didn't think was going to be too successful. They had instead of just hitting that one sweet spot when they came back into our atmosphere. They intentionally did what anybody who's followed space travel have heard. You're supposed to avoid. You don't want to miss that uh, target when you come back. You don't want to bounce off the atmosphere and get lost into space. They intentionally bounced off the atmosphere and then reentered, And it was the fastest and the hottest reentry ever. So yeah, Shaw the Sheep went through some hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, and
1: I heard when they when they look at the craft now, they're gonna look at like basically the charring, like the depth mm-hmm. of the charring of this of the vehicle, in addition to what the sensors read and stuff like that. Um slowest horse in the race, though, I think is a, a great analogy and an unfortunate byproduct of the archaic system that nasa has operated off of for far too long which is the lowest bidder and the person who could get it done the most efficiently and um i say unfortunately but i guess again it's pushing innovation and invention so Mm -hmm. um i i I, so do you think i'm just asking do you think that it's actually going to be the, the vehicle the launch system that's going to put people on the moon Because that's not until, like, what, 2027 they're estimating right now?
0: It's tough to say. Because SpaceX is only slightly behind. They have designs for Starship, right? Mm -hmm. Which is going to be able to do this job. But they haven't launched anything yet. Mm -hmm. Artemis has gone to the moon and back. So they are currently ahead in the race. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if NASA does bring people back to the moon first, either in orbit or to land. I'm not sure, but they'll send someone there first. But I think around the same time, maybe shortly after, I think SpaceX will beat them as far as frequency of launches, efficiency of launches, how many people, how much payload they can take, and so on. I think SpaceX is going to win eventually, unless NASA changes. Something, or just buy space. I,
2: I think just the flex <laughs> the flexibility of being a private entity and being able to adjust along the way without having these kind of lengthy bureaucratic processes that are you know yeah. dependent on congressional funding and and you know presidential uh, uh, policy and, and budgetary constraints and all of these things. It's like it's a lot more wiggle room as a private company to kind of adjust in order to hit the target. Um, mm-hmm. I do, I do think though, yeah, I, I think you're right that that NASA will get people with the Artemis program to the moon in the next five to ten years. But long term, I think it will be companies like SpaceX that kind of yes. dominate the market in terms of um, like frequent travel back and forth.
1: Right, and I mean we haven't even touched base on the fact that you know. Uh, the amount of waste that that program has too. Nothing came back other than the capsule. So now the entire thing has to be rebuilt. Whereas mm-hmm. SpaceX revolutionized the, the industry with reusable rockets, and uh, that that again was you know when SLS was de- was designed and when that program was conceived, that wasn't a thing yet. Mm-hmm. I mean that just I remember watching the first Falcon Heavy booster landing and it was like seeing touch screens for the iphone for the first time like my mind could like i my mind was blown i was like i can't believe this is what is happening right now that this it's is like sci-fi yeah it is it is i you know what i can imagine that that is how people in the physics world with nuclear fusion feel right like right now where it's like this was not supposed to be real this doesn't you know this this i mean obviously it was happening in stars but who would have thought we would have done it and same thing with these rockets coming back down who would have thought that this was something we could do and yeah it's it's a really interesting dialogue to me um and i think that we'll look back at these times as a, a revolution in some sort of way a space revolution a shift something something shifted in the 2000s, you know, late late teens, tens, 2000s into the 20s, and and you know, it's hard to see these things when you're living through them, until that you know we get to the 2050s or something, and people look back and they'll be like, yeah, this was the changing point when rockets became reusable, and that just changed everything, and. Um, and poor SLS is sort of caught in the middle of this transition in this page turn. And it was like, but I was in chapter two and now we're in chapter <laughs> five. And how did, how did we get up, you know, uh-huh. to hear, but you know, it, it's one of those things that, yeah, we're, we're in too deep. So they're going to, I agree. I think that they're going to probably at least send people orbiting because of what that's, that's slated for 2025. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh-huh
1: i think and then landing is 2027 you know we're only just entering 2023 (laughs) things can change pretty quickly
2: even if they don't actually um you know become the dominant uh method of transportation to and from the moon there's a ton of incredible technology and scientific insights that um you know we're going to gain ready from this first flight uh in terms of you know understanding, oh, for, for example, sure. the, like mm-hmm. the, the the impact of radiation, right? You were talking before about the sensors on the uh, test dummies inside of the Orion capsule. So like they were also wearing radiation suits and had sensors mm-hmm. under that. Um, like, super important for us to know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's an additional science element that isn't so much being focused on by SpaceX, which is more just focusing on the engineering practicality. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, living and not dying from radiation poisoning in space is also kind of important.
1: Yeah, a big deal. Absolutely, it's like what I always tell people when they're like, "Oh, are humans gonna go to Mars?" And I'm like, "No, oh, no. Like, yeah. first of all, we've gotten plenty of things on Mars. Tons of. I mean, we've also crashed a bunch of things, but we've gotten. T- you know, there are rovers there. There are landers. There are surveyors. We get to Mars. It's the biology. It's keeping people no alive. There.
2: there is no poop on Mars. Not, there is poop on yet.
0: the
1: moon. Yes. <laughs> not yet, there it probably. is. There's but it's our (laughs) biology. It's, it's us. We're the, we're the weakest link. Goodbye. Do you think people know that anymore? (laughs) I don't think so. I think the
2: reference is a bit dated for some.
1: Well, before we hit a break really quick here too, uh, speaking of SpaceX and who's getting it done sooner, faster, whatever, uh, we had also one more news announcement and I think that it's very timely and good, a good way to tie into the SLS and, and what, um, Kind of the like, what what is the future for SLS? We had the Dear Moon winners announced, which was a competition put out by SpaceX. Oh gosh, how many years ago? A long time a couple ago. Couple years ago. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had looked the up. I <laughs> was at your rejection email. Yeah. Aww. <gasps> I Sorry. I saw people applying for it, and at that time, I mean, let's let's go back in time inspiration 4 hadn't happened yet. No. Um, there, it it seemed like an extremely lofty. I, and I believe when it first went out too, it was supposed to be for a Falcon. If I read that correctly, the original call for dear moon applicants was for a Falcon heavy. Yeah, I think so. Um, but now, but now like
2: five years ago.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a long ago. time yeah. ago. Um, but now the winners have been informed that they're going to go up on a starship, mm-hmm. which, you know, let's, let's go back a little bit in time here and starship has kind of re-landed once-ish-ish. So it is kind of They've taking the internet. all come back down.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> it's taking the internet by storm a little bit because um, as one person I know, who I do respect very much, he kind of said, "Like this is giving me fire festival vibes." Um, <laughs> and I was like, "You know, I guess not entirely wrong." So there are questions. so many questions. So many questions. Uh, you are listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with the Space Nerds Kavi and Benjamin here on iRock Space Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to the Space Case Era show where Kavi has once again lost, returning to the recording studio, and he is, he's looking a little rough, so granted when you're listening to this, Kavi will be in full fighting health again, and uh, your your thoughts and wishes will be sending out to the universe to somebody else, I don't know, but send the thoughts and wishes, it'll maybe land on somebody who needs it right now. Um, To the complaints department. (laughs) The potassium episode where we're just talking about whatever and we teased in the last segment about the Dear Moon competition and the winners who were selected, which we just found out less than a week ago. And Dear Moon is a competition put on by SpaceX which is for uh, crew to orbit the moon. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, I, not I just remember, huh?
0: But not just any crew. Huh?
1: But not just any crew.
0: An inspirational crew. They want a crew artists of artists and songwriters and photographers, to poets. and poets right, to um, make a whole uh, artistic dancers. Thing about it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are two backup crew members, um, and I think in total the crew size will be nine people. So. Um, eight in the crew and then like the mission commander is um, the Japanese billionaire funding it. Um,
1: oh, Yusaku so is Miyazawa. he going to? Well,
2: yeah, he's going he's, to. He, oh, okay. He's the spacecraft commander, yeah. Okay, because I knew this whole...
1: Right, I knew it was his idea but didn't he also purchase a SpaceX flight to go up to the ISS?
0: I don't
2: know about that.
0: That's what I would do if I were a billionaire.
2: <laughs> oh, actually, no, no, you're right, you're right. He did that he did that already. I think he already went up.
1: Yeah, cuz I think he was like the original like somehow he was tied into this whole thing where he started this competition but then like things changed and so then he was like, "Yeah, well, I'm just going to buy a ticket and go up." Or something like that. He like I know he's been up to the space station. I don't remember his name. Um but I'm almost positive he he's been up already. But I mean Yeah, here I think there, at the end
2: of Last year, I think I remember he went up for like a a week and a half with his assistant. Yes, I think so. Yeah. And didn't.
1: okay. also didn't someone did. I don't know if it was him, but somebody somebody paid their way up there and they complained about how much work they had to do on the space station.
2: (laughs) I I don't think that was him. I don't Um, think it was
1: either. It was somebody else, though. Like they were surprised how much weight they had to pull to be up mm -hmm. there um maybe it was you know, one could... of the
2: axiom astronauts i don't think so though because Ooh, most of them were very right. well prepared um okay i mean i know that like the the commander of the axiom mission was a former astronaut so he knew what he was getting into uh etan the the israeli astronaut in axiom also was like very much aware of what he was getting into um maybe one of the other ones on axiom was like
1: i think it might maybe that's right that sounds right now they were kind of like, I paid all this money to get up here and I have to work, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that kind of thing.
2: <laughs> like, oh my God. Uh, so with, yeah, so with the, them on that, like if I got up there, I would just want to like stare out the window the whole time. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, you know, the thing about the ISS is that it takes a lot of maintenance to to keep it going. So if you're up there contributing to the, you know, waste and the usage of the facility space it would make sense Mm -hmm. that you also have to be responsible for helping maintaining it. Um, And that actually takes up a huge majority of the time of the ISS astronauts. But the dear moon ones don't have to worry about that. They're just going around the moon, supposedly on a starship, which my brain is Mm -hmm. having a really hard time with this as well. I'm not going to lie because it hasn't even gone to space
2: yet
0: starship no right but the tests are yes, getting better yeah. and better
1: yeah i guess it's just my brain is like how does re-entry look how does re-entry look for that craft from space because right now it's just done the hop it go, you know or not even you know hops but it's gone up pretty high but it just goes up and then comes down so right. how does like so it's i know the belly flop the belly mm-hmm. flop so that's how it's going to come in it's going to belly flop through the atmosphere and then flip and then okay and then the chopsticks are gonna catch it
0: the what i chopsticks I in our preparation for this show we talked about (laughs) people being being skeptical skeptical about uh, (laughs) the things invented or going to be invented in science and i am very skeptical skeptical of this giant (laughs) chopstick giant set of chopsticks catching something as big as starship <laughs> for those of people who don't understand how big starship is it's what i think a meter or two difference in height from the space shuttle fully stacked with boosters and uh, an external fuel tank it's about that size and so <laughs> something that big even if it's coming down in a controlled manner getting caught by a stationary building building <laughs> uh it is hey, i mr. would miyagi. love to i i would love to see it happen we had fusion the other day so i want to see a building <laughs> want to see a building catch a rocket out of the air I, I, with chocolate hey you, with <laughs> it could happen it very well could happen but you've got to do
2: it with a fly mr. Miyagi thank you catch a fly, then <laughs> mr. i think mr, mr. mr. miyagi had a heart thing of thing fusion <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean, I've I've seen, you know, their computer animated versions of this happening, but it's, it's very hard for me. I mean, every time I've watched that thing land, I don't think I've ever held my breath so hard for a vehicle in my entire life. Like each and every single time I'm to the point now where I see a Falcon land and they're landing on, you know, the, of course, I still love you ships Mm -hmm. out in the ocean and stuff like that. They're very kind of very targeted, little narrow pads. I'm like, at this point, I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, even if it goes wrong, it had a good 20 plus re-landings run. Like, mm-hmm. you, like there's like a security yeah. almost even in the failure of it. Starship, it's like each time you see that thing belly flop. I remember the first, that was also a little bit mind-blowing when it belly flopped the first time. Yeah. I saw mm-hmm. it And I'm like, wait, wait, is this supposed to be happening? What is happening? <laughs> what is happening? Why are you, is this wrong? What's going on? Um, that thing is terrifying to watch land. Terrifying, we'll, and then go ahead. i
2: seeing... oh, sorry. Go for
0: it. I was going to say, I think it looks like it makes total sense the way it goes up, the way it hovers. They've all gone up smoothly. They've all hovered smoothly. Uh, not Except all for that one, did...
1: didn't it blow up kind of up there?
0: No, it, it was, was a, a
2: spontaneous uh, rapid disassembly, uh, yes, unscheduled just... rapid
0: disassembly. <laughs> but the belly flop thing. The, the, I think the two that managed the belly flop looked really clever, and it seemed to make sense. And as you see it coming down, it changed the rate of the scent because it was flopping and folding I know, spins. it just it's
1: like it, like like, it so looks so last minute. I'm like, oh my god! Like, yeah,
0: just, uh, <laughs> it, I, I think it, I, I think it could absolutely work. I think they they landed one, and everyone went crazy. But then, well, it up I the mean, it's a bit it. of a
1: loose term there. I mean, it did
0: it can't just stop standing up on the ground
1: cat on new, fire. New and I think and one of the legs, legs kind of buckled and, you know, right. but it's and and nine people are saying, yeehaw, sign me up. I'll ride that ride. So they do have a That's, lot of work cut out for them. I mean, they, I they I do it. as a company with that. I would that sooner ship. go on
2: that than the other one. Oh, I can't remember the name of the company but there's a company that's designing um, rocket launches using angular momentum where it basically spins it around. Oh, yeah. Design. I call it the Yeet oh, the Machine. Oh, spin launch. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yes, the Yeet Machine. It's, I would much rather machine. strap myself yeet to, uh, you know, <laughs> an 18-story explosive designed by SpaceX than a Yeet Machine. Than a Yeet right. Machine. Well, that the Yeet Machine str- is
1: never going, going to... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the Yeet Machine can ever take people. It's too... No, it, that's that way, way too much Yeah. yeah It's
0: all... <laughs> All supplies only. That's it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going really be squished. <laughs>
1: but, but, and here's the thing that I do admire very much also about SpaceX as a company. And I have to say, I know that, like, Elon is under so much heat because of Twitter and stuff like that. So let's just separate the man from the company, okay? Because I think SpaceX has a brilliant team of engineers and people running the, the real nuts and bolts of what that company is. Um... They have also always had a unique PR angle to them um, where they just, they almost, they build up their hype by the level of like surprise and sort of mystery. Um, they're very like, we're doing this. And the people are like, oh my God, you know? And, and they it, it's, there is some cleverness to it that it's annoying from someone who works in communications and like wants to be like, I'd like to go down for a launch. Well, no one knows when the frick they're going to happen. Um, but there is an element of like surprise and excitement to that that I think it, it, it lends well to them. It has helped them. And I think that this Dear Moon announcement is yet another one of those kind of notches in the, in the belt. The belt belt. Yeah, of, you know, you <clears throat> put this out a long time ago and like, surprise! we named them and now it's sort of and surprise they're gonna go on this ship that has not really you know it's not even remotely ready to put people on it but that's what we're doing and and now everyone's watching them again and going okay
2: i think we'll end up seeing uh the dear moon um or or a crude uh starship launch around the same time that we see the crude uh, Artemis mission yeah Mm -hmm. i I agree i think roughly that's what's gonna work out
1: Um, Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to probably go about the same time. And uh, there almost might be kind of an interesting like comparison notes thing that's going to happen with that too. (laughs) You know, maybe Um, I could see them being like, well, the SLS have x amount of space and they have these mm-hmm. bathroom systems whereas uh starship has this much space and these bathroom systems it, if um any of you know the inside behind the scenes stories of inspiration Four, the bathrooms were
2: quite a <laughs> oh yes
1: quite an issue
0: but <laughs> so they inspired. had a great view <laughs> people don't know on that dragon capsule for <laughs> <inspiration>. <laughs> it had a glass dome so you can stick your head up and see all around you it's with true. no obstruction this beautiful beautiful view of space and earth and it was amazing right however that's also where the restroom was and so you go up there and you pull a little curtain beneath you so it's just <laughs> you and the dome and then you take out all the equipment and take care of your business but what of you <laughs> so if anybody's wondering where you go to make the go make your boom boom what a view!
2: And I feel like I feel like it's kind of like being on an airplane where your ears are somewhat popped, and so you can't hear how much noise you may or may not be making <laughs> the rest of your crew right. on the other side of that curtain are just like yes. <laughs> holding There's their breath.
1: A, no shame, no shame. Yeah, right. Um, I'm
0: also very proud that I brought up a poop this time, not coffee.
1: It, so. That was solid, uh, Benjamin. Way you, to go. Thank you, Kavi.
0: Um, Kavi's got me beat no, actually, on that list.
1: <laughs> that's a very valid point because most capsules, most dragon capsules, they're docking with the ISS, so they don't have that dome on the top. They're probably some of the very few people that are gonna be able to say that they had a view like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's beyond the copula of the ISS. That's just mm. so that is a special experience, albeit that um it's also their pooping space, but I mean what better way to go? I guess. <laughs>
0: on that literally. note, literally, <laughs> what a great way
1: to go. On that note, um, now all of these things are very, very exciting. I, I think that you know, it's it's each each one of the things we've talked about: SLS, the fusion, and Dear Moon. My my whole idea with this was not necessarily skepticism, but like it, there's always going to be a healthy dose of naysayers, and that's there's that's also the important part.
2: So much- So much skepticism from your collaborators and people in your research groups or on your uh, experimental teams like Mm -hmm. this is an important part it's a critical part in the scientific method right like Mm -hmm. you would you need to be called out on potential problems before you try to publish the paper or before you try to launch something into space um because it's better that it happens before you make the big accident that costs millions or billions of dollars
1: and uh yeah any any parting words of wisdom Gentlemen, Kavi looks like he's about ready to fall asleep in his chair.
2: (laughs) I'm very excited for that next episode with uh, our astronaut Wrangler. And uh, I'm going to go take a rapid antigen test as soon as this episode's done.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Benjamin, any parting words?
0: Exactly what Kavi said. I'm excited for the episode. But uh, I am not taking an antigen test because I'm (laughs) fine. (laughs) Well, you don't like tests. <laughs> you've already I had don't like your, tests.
1: You've already had your bout of COVID, so you're good. Uh, yes, I had my COVID. <laughs> yes, you're already done with second that. second COVID? <laughs> no one needs second Sorry. COVID. <laughs> you have been listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with the Space Nerds Kavi and Benjamin here on iRock Space Radio. <laughs> always always a, a microphone bump. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to The Space Case Sarah Show with the space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, a production of iRock Space Radio. Go to iRockSpaceRadio.com for more.